Welcome to another episode of Chapel Hill Thrill. I'm your host, Jacob Karabatsis. Today, I am back with a special guest, a legend in the UNC beat writing sphere, former Inside Carolina coverage of the basketball and football teams, Ross Martin. How are we doing today, Ross? I'm good, Jacob. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. So... We'll just get right into it. Very, very important redemption at Bank of America Stadium on Saturday. It's been rough in Bank of America for UNC the last couple outings, to be honest. Um, The border rivalry, redeeming the mayonnaise bowl. It's just a great all-around time. There were some strengths. There were some weaknesses shown. What were your main takeaways from the game? Well, you got to start with the defense, right? I mean, the defense um, was very impressive, and that was a big question mark going into the season. Second year under Gene Chizik, how is the defense going to look? Was it going to improve? Was the defensive line going to be a factor? <clears throat> and I think by all accounts, you know, they, they showed up. They showed up, and, um, I mean, it was one of the more impressive defensive line performances I've seen in a long time. Who knows how good South Carolina's offensive line is, but that's the SEC team. That's a big stage. It's the first game of the season. And UNC's defensive front got, what, nine sacks, 15, 16 tackles for a loss. I mean, they swarm. They're all over the place. And that's what we've been waiting for. Since Matt Brown got here, the defensive line in particular hasn't really been up to snuff, um, but they've recruited really well. So we kind of knew it was coming and when it wasn't come and in what fashion. And we saw that on Saturday with, you know, it wasn't even the five stars. It was uh, Kareem, uh, yeah, Rucker, um, Des Evans there, Bo Atkinson, you know, Cedric Gray was all over the place. So uh, really impressive performance by the defensive line. Other than that, though, I, I thought, you know, I thought Drake May was was great. Uh, maybe not amazing, but he was solid. Did what he needed to do. Um, the offense was missing some key parts. They played well, uh, played enough to win, obviously, scored they needed to, and made some made some mistakes that they can fix. But it was really the defense. I mean, really the defense's ability to, to attack. Uh, Sacrifice offensive line and the quarterback make it super hard for them to move the ball and score. That was the key for UNC. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, said Gray is a monster. And I expected this a little bit from Tamari Fox because, you know, didn't get to play last year, redemption season. But Amari Gaynor doubling his 2022 sack total in one game. And then Bo Atkinson looking at how he did as a true freshman. I mean, in the ACC, especially, this front seven is is going to be a lot to deal with. I mean, I hate that the NCAA counts negative rushing yards against quarterbacks for sacks. But even if you take that away, they still only gave up 20 rushing yards, which against a mm-hmm. rush-heavy team like South Carolina is pretty insane. The only, I guess, flaw in the defense that I saw was you could definitely tell – they missed DeAndre Boykins. The secondary at times was a little bit iffy. I mean, I just what do you, what is your what was your main concern? Like when they do 
go into Death Valley to play Clemson later on in the year, even though Clemson looked terrible last night. But, you know, when they do play these teams that that can score at will, I mean, what is your what is your biggest concern? Yeah, I mean, I think South Carolina has some really good wide receivers, right? They have some, a couple of six three dudes who were all over the place. They, they, had, they have a good quarterback. Let's not forget Spencer Rattler was going to be a first-round pick at one juncture in his college career. He's a big-time recruit. So, I mean, I thought he was actually really good despite, you know, all the sacks and TFLs. So it was a, a good, you know, skill player situation for uh, South Carolina. And, yeah, I thought they, they picked on a couple uh, cornerbacks. Um, they had a freshman. I was in town. Holloway was playing. Redshirt freshman, sophomore. Um, they were missing, like you said, DeAndre Boykin. So that moved Elijah Huzzy inside. Um, I think Huzzy's more comfortable playing outside, but he might be he might be UNC's nickel nickelback uh, the rest of the way. I think that secondary is still a work in progress. They're still starting Biggers and Don Chapman. You would think they could find someone better than those two. Those guys have been starting for like two or three years now. And so I think the secondary and the safeties in particular need some work. Uh, hopefully get Will Hardy back pretty soon. Um, but who knows? I mean, I don't, I don't know if Will Hardy is, is a savior either. So I just think they need more talent there. But it was a completely reworked secondary. And they did enough, um, you know, they got picked on a little bit here and there. Tackle moved the ball a little bit, but you know when they needed a play to be made, there were plays being made by the secondary at times. So that'd be my concern. I mean, I just want to see this defense play more. I want to see the the like you said, there's so much depth on the defensive front. So I want to see these guys here: Amari Gainer, Bo Atkinson, Tamari Fox. I want to see Travis Shaw play more. I want to see these guys duplicated against App State. You know, dominate App State, and then um, got a big one coming in town with Minnesota. So I think there's there's They've got to win these first three, and then I think it's you can talk about this team being, you know, putting together a pretty special season and get, you know, get to Pittsburgh in Week Four undefeated. Yeah, I mean that's it, it. This was a this was a tone setter because in years past, this is the exact type of game Mac Brown's team has expectations. You know, they go into this game a little cocky and they lose, but this team. Honestly, as great as the defense was, like you said, no Tez, which, you know, always going to be free Tez. I still can't believe that man's not eligible. Um, And McCollum not playing, and the offense still looked very solid. And I have to talk about the run game. The the, the depth in in this backfield is nuts. I mean, they they can go five deep if they need to. I mean – Amarion Hampton scores the tutties, but British Brooks really stole the show for me. I mean, didn't get to play last year either because of injury. 103 yards. I mean, looking at this with a quarterback like Drake May, who is as talented as he is, how hard is that offense going to be to stop if they're running for 180 yards a game? Yeah, I mean – it's hard to beat a team when you can continually get, you know, four or five yards every rush and wear them down. And you look at the two guys, you are DeMar and Hampton and British Brooks. I mean, they're big dudes. They're, they're six, one, you know, six feet, but they're two thirty, two thirty five, two two twenty five range. They're big dudes and they wear on linebackers and safeties. You have to come to make tackles. Uh, they can break arm tackles uh, from the defensive linemen. So you've got two kind of, I guess, bell cow type backs back there with some speed, not the breakaway speed we're used to with Michael Carter, Javante Williams, but you've got to like the depth. Like you said, the depth, they're not going to play all five, but you know, you need that because running backs do get injured a lot. So British Brooks, good to see him get back. I think Amari and Hampton, 
the future of that room this year and next year. I'd love to see George Petaway get more play. Uh, I just think he's so talented. They sneak him the ball in space, maybe his little scat back, um, special packages, get him 15, you know, 20 snaps a game, a couple of touches a game. I think that would really mix things up. Um, but you got to be excited about the run game. And then you know what you have a Drake made, get Tez back, get Nima Collin back. Um, and then I think Kobe Paysar kind of proved he is the third guy. It can be an impact player there. So, yeah, I, I was never concerned about the offense. Um, I was a little concerned about the offensive line, but they didn't give up a sack. And so they're not going to be special, I don't think, but I think the offensive line is going to be serviceable, above average, you know, experienced group. It's not going to go out and win you a game, but I think they're big, which is good for the run game. Um, you know, I think the left tackle had some issues there, William Barnes, but overall uh, not concerned about the, the, offense of, the offense for UNC. And I just want to see them, you know, with those wide receivers back to see what Drake may can do and put up some stats and get him going in the Heisman race. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what I'm looking at is just to be missing what is essentially your top two options, even though I've never seen them in a UNC uniform, yeah. like we know they're the top two options to miss that and still be able to put on that type of performance. And like you said, Having an offensive line that's all grad transfers and seniors is so nice. And I did want to give a special shout out down in the trenches to that man, Willie Lampkin, because he made a huge difference on the offensive line on Saturday. Like he, it didn't matter if they were pulling, didn't matter if it was in a pass situation. Like he just looked like an absolute animal. And I didn't know much about him because I don't watch too many coastal games, unfortunately, but he, he was an animal and that's going to be huge. But so after watching, you know, Saturday one on each side of the ball, defense and offense, who are your two like game ball guys? <laughs> you got to give it to Kamon Rucker on defense, right? Uh, was it two and a half sacks, four or five tackles for a loss? He was a beast. And we knew that. I mean, he was the best pass rusher last year too. Um, he's an underrated guy outside the top 1000 coming in as a 27 sports three-star out of Georgia, you know, a guy you take a flyer on. He's undersized. He's one. You know, maybe they saw something in him about work ethic and intelligence. And maybe he could be a guy. He, you know, he's, he's weird to say. He's arguably UNC's best defender. He doesn't, he doesn't look like that guy, but he's strong, smart, and you know, he's a difference maker on the outside. Um, so I'd give it to him on offense. Oh, sorry, on defense. On offense, um, that's hard on offense. I mean, Bruce Brooks is a clear choice, but I, I like what Kobe Paysauer did. I mean, I thought he was reliable. He had the touchdown, the big touchdown there. Um, I mean, I think they needed someone to kind of step up, and he had the most sketches for UNC. So I'll give it to Kobe Paysauer. But I mean, the tight ends were great too. I mean, we don't talk about blockers, but um, Morales is in there as a blocker on a lot of big time plays, and John Copenhaver had the touchdown. So um, those guys, that group's great too. Yeah, um, Rucker, definitely on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, mm -hmm. just has to be. And then I would have to cheat the system and just say the entire tight end room because having three tight ends of that caliber when you have Nesbitt, Morales, and Copenhaver is like – Yeah. It's unheard of. And I sit there and I think about it and I'm like – the. Are they? What is Drake gonna do? Like when they come back, he's almost gonna have so many weapons that he's not gonna know what to do with himself. Like it's 
it, it's crazy. You go from Josh Downs is pretty much the guy. Like he's your go-to mm-hmm. sure hands guy. Now you have this offense where you can spread the wealth wherever you you want to go. I mean, three tight ends, you're deep in the receiver room, deep in the backfield. Like it's just it's it's gonna be special. And I look at the schedule and at pit is tough, but realistically looking ahead, I mean there's really only three games that it's at Pitt. Obviously, Duke looked really good. And at Death Valley, it's going to be tough. Finishing at State, we somehow always find ways to lose at NC State. But, I mean, what's your floor and what's your ceiling after seeing this performance and seeing the way the schedule pans out? What's the floor? What's the ceiling for this group? Yeah, and one thing on the wide receivers while we're still here is like they're missing a deep threat. I mean, they were clearly missing that uh, on Saturday. And if they don't get Tez back, I'm not sure who's going to be the deep threat guy. I mean, last year they had Antoine Green, and Josh Downs was so, so good. He made everything easier for everybody. So you could have, you know, your third wide receiver go deep, things like that. So they're missing that deep threat. And that that is concerning um, without Tez Walker. Yeah, I don't think J.J. Jones has the speed to be a true deep cut. I don't think J.J. Jones is like an NFL guy. Like Antoine Green is in the NFL right now. I think he made a roster. Um, and Tez Walker's an NFL guy. They don't have that deep threat guy. So that's one concern I have right now. I don't know if you put Bryce Nesbitt out there. Um, or, I mean, Gavin Black will have the two drop. They just don't have a, a 6'3", you know, 210, go out and get it, speedster like Tez Walker. So they're going to have to find someone to do that. In terms of the schedule – um, yeah, I mean, the optimist looks at the schedule and, you know, Pittsburgh on the road, that should be like a two or three point game in terms of the spread. I mean, you would think, I would think UNC would be favored to buy maybe a point or something like that. Um, but outside of that, you get Syracuse, Miami, Virginia at home, Georgia Tech on the road. Um, but yeah, Clemson state. I mean, I think state's going to be good by the time UNC plays and they have a really good defense. They have a great quarterback, and that goes a long way. So, state on the road, like I think state might be, it'd be tough, but state might be favored in that game, depending on how things go. Um, it's because playing there is tough, and they have a good quarterback. Clemson's going to be fine. I think it'll be a tough game, but I mean, they were exposed last night. So, that game almost looks a little easier. So, yeah. you know, I think you don't look too much, you don't look too much past App State, Minnesota, but um, it does really open up nice because if you can get past Pittsburgh and be 4 0, get past Minnesota, Pittsburgh, App State before no, then it's like I mean Syracuse at home, Miami at home. They're not easy games, but those are games UNC should be favored and should win at home, um, based on what we saw on Saturday night. So you're looking at a team that could be you know kind of like a six and one, seven and zero, oh, five and two type type range. Um, before you know, Duke looks tough now too. So the Duke Clemson State to close it is tough, and that's where depth comes into play and, and staying healthy. Yeah, and. If they do stay healthy, I like the ending stretch just simply because let's say they do take care of business and they get to that point in the season and they're nine and oh, like if you start talking ACC champions or you start talking playoff picture, you almost need those tests because the way it looked, if they do, if they do go to the ACC championship, they're going to play FSU and that could be a whole different beast. I mean, talk about deep mm-hmm. threats. I mean, Keon Johnson was he, – he's yeah. ridiculous. And 
that's the part that sucks, but is also great because if they do survive that stretch, then you come out of it and you're like, all right, like this team actually is special. And I just, I don't want to see them waste the last year of Drake May. Like I really hope this team can stay focused and not, I feel like UNC is notorious for losing games that they're not supposed to lose. And yeah, that's that's my biggest concern. And it's like, yeah, you covered them. I mean, where does this team rank in your time covering inside Carolina in term covering at inside Carolina in terms of like the expectation of a group? I mean, where does this team rank in your years covering there? Uh that's a tough question. I mean, we don't I really don't know how good this team is. They could South Carolina could be awful. So, I mean, I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but I mean, the 2000 was it 20 year, 2020 with Sam Howell, Sam Howell's second year, right? Yeah, that with Michael Carter and Javante Williams. That was a really good team. I don't think we expect him to be that good because we didn't expect Michael Carter and Javante Williams to be kind of like two once in a you know generation type backs. Um, I think there was there wasn't much hype for 2015 with Marquise Williams. That team ended up being really good. They went 11 and one and then lost the last two games. Um, there there was good hype in 16 with Mitch Trubisky. Um, he was great, but they lost a lot of games that year. They lost some games they shouldn't have lost. Lost to Duke and in, in, in Wallace Wade. So, I mean, dude, there's covering this team and being a fan for a while and going to UNC. Like, I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot of hype for this year, but there's just always this feeling it's never going to be perfect. Like, it's always UNC football. They do have issues. Like, they're still not like the secondary issue. I think there's some wide receiver concerns. Like, they're not like world beaters on the offensive line. So, there's still, you go against teams that are, above average you're gonna there's it's football like a lot of things can go wrong it's 18 19 year old kids there's gonna be a mistake so uh i think we have a quarterback and if he stays healthy you're gonna be in every game um you're gonna have a chance because like look when he starts slinging it like you could beat a lot of teams you come back be a lot of teams so yeah i mean i feel really good about what this team is right now but i mean they could they could go out and lose to minnesota i mean i I, that's that could easily happen that the game will be it's minnesota they've been recruiting in the in the big 10 for you know, five or six years out with that with that coach. So it's not like Minnesota's some easy team. Um, so don't get too high, but um, I think I think the defense and what the defensive line showed is very encouraging because it's one on the defensive line, the offensive line. If you can stop the run, you can run the ball. You'll be in most games, I and mean, we have a, um, a, a difference maker at quarterback. Um, that is just a huge X factor, and that will keep you in games, and that will help you win games. Yeah, that's. That's just the biggest difference um, to me is, like, you have Drake May. It's similar if you look in the NFL, like, with the Chiefs, right? Like, their defense never has to be elite. Like, it just has to be good enough. And that's the thing Mm -hmm. with when you have a guy like Drake. Like, last year, I'm pretty sure they gave up 100 and probably 80 rushing yards a game. They couldn't stop anybody. They – they got outscored all the time. If the offense wasn't perfect, they couldn't win. And that's just the type of flaws that they have to fix. Like if they do want to be a true contending team, they have to get to that point where if the offense only puts up 28 points, you still have to be able to win. So that was promising to see. But I just, like you said, UNC football, if you are a fan and you, especially if you went there, you have that you just know 
every game you expect to lose when you're supposed to yeah. win. Like it's it's the worst feeling ever, and it's so up and down being a fan. But at least it feels nice to have a good squad, a good core, and an elite quarterback to root for that should be able to, you know, at least save you from embarrassment. You should probably get nine wins. But, I mean, yeah, it's – I agree. There's a chance South Carolina could just be a five, six win team, and then this win just looks normal at the mm-hmm. end of the season. Um, So before we head out, what is your lasting message to UNC fans about this team and – what is the one thing that you're most excited to watch progress as the year goes on? Yeah, I'm excited to see Tess Walker, if they can get him available. I think he would be a game changer. It would be a very impressive piece. I mean, there's talk about him being a top you know, two-round pick in the NFL. I think he's an uh, extreme talent. They'll get chemistry with Drake in the spring and summer. So that's what I'm most looking forward to. But I'm also looking forward to a defensive line that can draft the quarterback like we saw against South Carolina. It's just refreshing to see. We haven't seen in a long time. I hope that continues. I hope it's not a fluke. I hope it wasn't just the offensive line for South Carolina. Um, that'd be good to see everybody get involved. Des Evans, Miles um, Murphy, Javari Ritzy, Tamari Fox, Bo uh, Atkinson, Amari Gaynor, like all those guys just rolling in and out and making it super, super hard for teams to pass the ball against UNC. That's all I'm pumped about. So it should be interesting. And we had a good test coming up against App State. Uh, hopefully can kind of put them away early. And then uh, – and then move on to Minnesota. And I think it's a fun two home games for UNT fans. Um, Minnesota on the, or Pittsburgh on the road. And then it's a, a nice little fall homestand with three games there too. So it's a good time right now for UNC football. Yeah. Let's hope that uh, they don't give up a hundred points in the fourth quarter to app this year, because That's right. this app team is obviously it's app. They're never a joke, but they're not near as good as they were last year. And it's, Man, I'm just really hoping that this team can actually maintain this level of play, especially on defense. We know, realistically, that's probably going to be one of Drake's worst games, I would assume. He's not going to throw two picks again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's an exciting time. And I just hope that the fans take your earlier advice, which is don't look too far ahead because at the end of the day, still UNC football. So, I mean, something's bound, something's bound to happen, but you know, great talking to you. I appreciate you coming on talking about the first game. Going to be interesting. Hopefully I'm back next week talking about a two and O Tar Heels team and not a one and one. Um, yeah, but you guys, Ross is a legend coming on <laughs> talking UNC sports. It's what he does best. And yeah. We miss him over at Inside Carolina as a student. There we go. Love reading his work and appreciate him coming on, man. All right. Thanks, Jabe. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely.